0: me to john chapter 11 we'll be there in just a moment now i don't know about you but that blesses my heart when i see testimonies of what jesus is doing right now in somebody's life if it doesn't bless you that's okay i love you anyway but i just want someone to check your pulse and make sure you're still alive you see we serve a jesus who's not only alive he is still resurrecting the dead He's still bringing life where there is death. He's still bringing healing where there is disease. He is still bringing freedom where there is bondage. And this is the Jesus we've been talking about for the last seven weeks. Six and then today seven. We've been looking at what Jesus has been trying to say to us, I believe, screaming out to us of who he is. He asks his disciples, hey guys, what's the word on the street about me? Who do people say that I am? Oh, and they listed some things and they rattled off some things. But then he, he zeroed in on them and he said, But what I really want to know is, not what does the public say, but what do you, my followers, who do you say that I am? See, Jesus understood that for his followers to be true disciples, they had to see him clearly. They had to understand who he was and they had to be able to, to follow exactly who he was, not their own fashioned idea of who he was. And Jesus never asks us this question without giving us the answers. And in the book of John, he gives us these seven I am statements. Now, in your outline there, you see a little bit of review. We, we looked first at Jesus saying he is the way, the truth, and the life. We didn't make this up. We didn't just conjure it up. He told us in John 14:6, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He gives us another vantage point and He says, I am the door or I am the gate. He said, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the good shepherd, I am the true vine, I am the resurrection and the life. That last one is what I want us to focus in on today, and it's probably my most favorite, and it's not the most important, but it's it's the one that I think we desperately need to be reminded of today, that Jesus still is the resurrection and the life. As we're going to look at John chapter 11 together in just a moment, let me just set a little background scene for us. We find in this chapter the reminders that Jesus had some very close friends. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. They lived in a town called Bethany. It was just a few miles from Jerusalem. It would have been about a 45 to an hour walk from Jerusalem. Not too far from Jerusalem it was kind of around the Mount of Olives, so even though it was really close, you couldn't quite see it, and so you felt like you were farther away. It was a good escape. You could get there and feel like you were farther away than what you really were from Jerusalem. I imagine that's probably why Jesus liked to hang out there, because he had good friends there, and it was a, a good place to get away, and just about an hour or so walk from Jerusalem. On this occasion, We read that Jesus's good friend Lazarus had become ill. In fact, so ill that he was dying. And so ill that as he was dying, his family sent word to call out to Jesus, Come, Lazarus is sick. These could be his final moments. We need you here, Jesus. You're our good friend. You're the one who has hope. Come. And Jesus, while they called him to come, chose to stay. Instead of running to Lazarus with Mary and Martha, he stayed where he was for just a few days. And in those few days, Lazarus dies. Now when he gets to Bethany, he does show up. He shows up in the scene, and we're going to read about this. The tension is thick. You could cut the tension with a knife a couple things that have been happening just the chapter before just a few days before uh, Jesus was was threatened to be stoned And so his disciples are saying are you really sure you want to want to go there? Just you know about an hour walk away from all the trouble is and 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 the tension is thick there with the disciples They're worried They're concerned about their leader and and they still weren't quite sure when is this political leader going to rise up and And put them in their rightful place of leadership and so they were concerned about the threat but yet You could cut the tension with a knife of what Martha was feeling. See, Martha was one of those ladies who just would speak her mind. You ever been around a lady who'd speak her mind? I love them, we need them. And she just spoke her mind. And she said, Jesus, I called on you. You didn't come. You're late. Lazarus is dead. She's flat out disappointed in Jesus Have you ever been disappointed in the Lord you Ever felt like he's just too slow You ever felt like He just doesn't know what's going on You ever feel like his plan surely couldn't be as good as your plan because You just see the pain and the heartache that's right here and and you're living it and and where is he? We read that he never leaves us, never forsakes us, but what we're going through seems pretty bad. And this is the tension that Martha has right there. And, and then you find Mary. The tension for her, she maybe was a little more quiet. We're not sure all of her personality traits. But in my sanctified imagination, I could see her as maybe being a little bit more of the, the, the quiet one. And, and maybe for her, I don't know, maybe the tension was, I'm worried about what Martha would say. She's going to call Jesus out. It's going to be a tense moment. And, and so everybody's on pins and needles. As they're grieving. And, and just like when you and I lose a loved one. And we have that funeral and friends and family gather. And, and we feel the support and the comfort of them being there. But the, the real moment... When it hits us as a few days after that, and, and, and the friends and family have gone back home, and, and we're now faced with the reality of this death, and it just weighs on us. If you've walked through that, you know what I mean. This is the tension in which we find this text, and, and Jesus walks into this, where they were very much dealing with the reality that Lazarus is gone. He's dead. That's where we find This passage of scripture look with me at your bible or your device as I read Some excerpts from john chapter 11 I'll start at verse 1 and i'll try to clue you in on where we're going to jump to in just a moment John chapter 11 verse 1 Now a man named lazarus Was sick He was from bethany The village of mary and her sister martha Look down at verse 17 with me On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. He's not just mostly dead. He's all the way dead. He's not just sick. He is gone. It's not just that first moment of the the, the concept that he's no longer with us. It is beginning to sink in. He is gone. Look at verse 21. Lord... Martha said to Jesus if you had been here my brother would not have died But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask Jesus said to her your brother will rise again Martha answered. I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at that last day Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me Will live even though he dies and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus says Look at verse 38 with me just scoot down a little bit more Jesus once more Deeply moved came to the tomb It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance verse 43 When he had said this jesus called in a loud voice lazarus Come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Lord, as we read this. Text. I just ask right now that you would bring life to this text for us. Lord, we are doing our best to give our attention to your word. We don't want to hear Brady speak. We don't want to hear our own thoughts. We don't want to make our own notes today, Lord. We want you to speak to us. We want to have an encounter with the Holy Living God. Would you bring transformation to our heart through what you have to say today? Your kids are listening. Amen. You see, when when Jesus Gets there. Lazarus is completely dead. The the, the, the stench of death is there. It's been hitting this family. They are in the midst of that grief. That's when Jesus comes on the scene. And that's when he makes this amazing claim. I am the resurrection and the life. His claim here is earth shattering. It is amazing. It is the best thing that we could ever have. If I could give you a million dollars, I, I can't give you a million dollars, but, but if I could give you a million dollars, it wouldn't be what you really need. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Just try me, Brady. I'll, I'd like to try it for a little bit. I, I think I can handle a million dollars. I, I'll try it for a little bit. <laughs> My wife had a little encounter with losing a million dollars a couple months ago. It's on a game show kind of thing. And this world tells us that if, if you just have all the resources you could imagine, then you'd have everything you need. But friend, I tell you, it would not be what you would need most. What Jesus is claiming here in this passage, telling us of who he is and what he is giving, is the most valuable thing that any of us, and, and, and I, I'm frustrated with my vocabulary because it just sounds like hyperbole, and, but yet it's the, the, the factual truth. It is the absolute freedom that Jesus gives. It is the power that Jesus gives, it's the hope that he gives, and the statement that he is the resurrection and the life that changes everything for us. And as good as it may feel to to have a million dollars or to have unlimited resources or to have that problem solved or to have that illness or disease gone, it cannot compare to what Jesus is giving here. Oh, Brady, I I know it's it's Sunday, you're a pastor, that's what you're supposed to say, and you know what? Lazarus' family felt the same way. Oh, Jesus, we believe in you, we know you, but Lazarus is dead. Martha is saying, you're, you're late. And, and I, I know that God will listen to you, but, but even now God could do something. But, but I, I'm just not sure where I'm at. Mary is, is so worried about the tension of everybody's freaking out and, and now there's going to be a conflict and the disciples are upset and, and, and Martha's upset and, and maybe Jesus is going to be upset. I've got to keep the peace with everybody here and, and the tension is thick and, and yet Jesus speaks this truth. He says, I have freedom, I have power, and I have hope to give to you. He says it in the words that I am the resurrection and the life. That's what we find in this passage of scripture, and I want us to, to go just simply, it's not a long message today, but just look at these three key things. First, it's this, Jesus' claim, we find that Jesus gives us freedom from our past life. John eleven twenty five. I am the resurrection and the life. The literal meaning here of, of this word resurrection is to be able to stand again. I I am the one who allows you to stand again. When you are struck down, when you are laid down, when you are dead, when there is death, I am the one who will put strength in your legs. I will raise you up. You will stand again. Once the person is dead, we don't think about them walking on their own. And yet when Jesus calls Lazarus out, I think it's interesting that he says, Come forth. You stand up. You walk. There is life in your bones. You come with the life that I put into you. He gives freedom from our past. Now, some of us, we may have forgotten how dead we really were. One of the tragedies of being in a life-giving place for so long, sometimes we forget that we too were dead. And it takes moments like today where we have people who are transparent and say, Jesus has freed me from this chain, from this bondage, from this pain in my life. And when we get real with each other, it's not so much about me and my past, but it's about the one who gives freedom from my past. And I begin to see the life that he still breathes. Now, I, I know that in, in a group this size, there may be, I, I don't know, the law of averages, I'm just doing math, and I'm not that great at math, but the law of averages, there may be someone here who's just bored with the Christian life. Uh, probably not you, but maybe the person next to you, I know. And, and it may be easy to just kind of get bored with the Christian life and just go, well, yeah, you know, I just kind of, but, 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 but there's many of us who are not bored. We can remember the death. The stench of the death is still in our nostrils. The effects maybe of the chains are we still see them around us, but we can celebrate the life that Jesus has brought. There's freedom from the things that we used to be bound in. You look at these cardboard testimonies, and you see life all over the place. Now I'm loved by my Abba, Daddy father. There is freedom in Christ. My grief has been lifted. I'm not alone anymore. We find that I've had help and freedom from alcohol. My marriage has been restored. We're still working on anger. And, and he's, he's teaching me to forgive myself and others, but he's still there. I love this heart. This heart is saying, Look what he's done. He's not done yet. Don't, don't, don't judge me yet. He's still working on me, he's still bringing his grace through me, but I'm being obedient. There has been freedom from abuse. The pain of that abuse, many of them not even our fault, but still all the more real. Freedom from poor choices, freedom from that addiction to a substance, freedom from that grief, freedom from that pride, freedom from that addiction to control, freedom from food. I had a hard time deciding what I was going to put on my cardboard. I I thought we should do scroll testimonies today instead of cardboard. Because I would have just opened up my scroll and let it run all the way out the door. I couldn't just pick one. Jesus comes into the most tense room and he says let me cut that tension with the freedom from what you have dealt with i can bring life to what has been dead and i'm going to bring it right now jesus also gives power in our present life john 11:25, the second part i am the resurrection and the life I'm so thankful that he didn't just bring freedom from our past and then allows us to stay stuck or to stumble for the rest of our life in the chains of that sin. Well, I'll forgive you and you'll go to heaven. But here on earth, you'll stay stuck in this trash over and over and over. Friend, he gives us power to see change in our life. Amen? He has brought change in my life. He is still bringing change in my life and to many of you as well. The word life here in the Greek means real life. A life that God intended for you. A life full of joy. It's the same Greek word that we find in John 10.10 where we read this passage. I have come, Jesus says, that you may have life and have it to the fullness. To the full. Not just kind of like a little bit of life. Or like a kind of wake up life. It's the best life. Full life. This is what Jesus claims. Well Brady, I'm glad you're excited about it. I'm glad these people could see it, but I haven't seen it. I understand I've been there when the death has been around for three or four days and you're disappointed in Jesus I've been around there when you say I've been calling out and nobody showed up and it didn't happen friend I'm saying hang on Jesus is here It may not be the day that you thought it would be but when he shows up He can bring life to what is dead not only to your past but to your present right now What's so good about this? The good news of this is he gives power for us to live and to transform life with his strength. John eight twelve says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I'm so not good with math, I can't even remember the, the numbers, but I was reading how bright the sun is. You're going to have to find your nearest scientist around you, okay? The, the, the sun is like crazy bright. Like 400 bazillion, gazillion, I can't even remember. All it was just, just super bright. And we tried to, to measure the, 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 the brightness of the sun. And I just stopped trying to figure out how big this number was and just thought it doesn't even compare to the light of Jesus. Right. The light of Jesus is so bright, there is no darkness able to be around it. And so when he calls us into the light, he says, I'm not just calling you to just kind of get out of hell free card. I want you to walk in the light as I am the light. I am going to bring that purity of life. Trust me. Obey me. That's what he's talking about. That's his claim. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The power of God's light. It's it's amazing. This is why we find in the Old Testament these claims when, when we hear the prophecy that says, I, I am going to... Not only forgive you, but I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a heart that wants to obey me. Not a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh. A heart that that beats for me. He can do that right now. Also, we see Jesus not only gives us freedom from our past and power in our present. Jesus gives us power and hope in our future life. John 11, 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. There will be everlasting life, eternal life with him. And then it ends with this question. Do you believe this? You see, Jesus, whenever he tells us who he is, he waits for us to respond to him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you accept me. I am the door the gate. Do you accept me? I am the bread of life. Do you accept me? I am the resurrection of the life. Do you accept me? What I do with Jesus is what brings my judgment the Lord's been speaking to me I may talk about it in a couple of weeks. It's been a good week this week As I've been thinking about it when you and I come to the judgment day <laughs> It's not going to be a review of our sin My sin we'll just talk about me. I got enough to go all the way out the door It's not going to be standing before Jesus, and let's just look at Brady's sin, and let's just see how God feels about sin. Maybe God will change his mind at the final judgment about sin. You know, what I said was bad is not so bad. There's a 75% off sale on sin, and so, Brady, as long as your sins are underneath this bar, hey, the verdict is in. I'm going to hell because of my sin. All sin separates us from God. Now before you get so excited about my sin, let me tell you about your sin. It's the same for you. The verdict is in. We don't have to wait and see. Well, I wonder what well. Your sin, every man, every woman who has walked the face of the earth except for Christ, they have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. But my judgment, my judgment, your judgment will be on what we have done with Jesus. Have we accepted Jesus? Have we listened to his words? We may talk about that in a, in a couple of weeks. But, 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 but friend... There is power there is hope for our future in Christ because he's the resurrection and the life Not in your work ethic not in your religion not in your family tree Not in and how much better you are than the person next to you or how more put together you are or how you have kept your secrets so secret There is hope Not just for your past not just in your present, but for your future for in the next world is very real It's not just a mystical concept. It is a tangible, real place. My philosophy of life is as simple as I can put it. I'm going to do the things in this life that is very short that count in the next life that is very long. There are things in this life that don't affect that life that i'm going to say don't matter much at all But whatever matters in that life is going to matter to me in this life friend It is so real you can have hope that while we may not see everything change right now Just read hebrews 11 all these people in hebrews 11 if you haven't read that Oh, you need to cancel lunch and go home and read it. It is amazing all these people who lived by faith They didn't receive the things that were promised when they died But they welcomed them from a distance and they lived as foreigners in this land. Before we get too excited about where land we are, friend, we are all foreigners on earth. If you're a believer in Christ, your home is in heaven. It is very real and he has hope for you. There is freedom from your past now. There's power for your present now. And there is hope for your future that you can hang on to right now. Well, That's it. I'm done But I believe jesus may not be done in your heart There's somebody here who who just needs to be reminded about how good life is in him And and don't I, I don't want you to feel That there's any condescending message here We've all been in the four days morning Where we have felt disappointed if we're honest, maybe disappointed in god But today could you allow Jesus to step into that tense situation just like he did with the disciples? They didn't understand the plan. Just like he did with Martha, she thought his timetable was completely off. Just like he did with Mary, she was so, so. oh my goodness, everybody's going to be upset. And, and they couldn't bring peace to it. And could we see that Jesus is going to bring life where no one else thought there would be life? Oh, we got business to do. We're going to vote. It's going to be good. We're going to do all that stuff. You're going to get out in perfect time for class. It's going to be amazing. We are so on time. You have no idea how on time we are. We could just slow down. We're so on time. Well, maybe not that much. but I don't know. I just sense that maybe... Maybe someone here today just says, I'm just so craving something authentic and real. I just so don't need a song and dance today. I I don't need a plastic smile today. I just need to turn the cardboard over and be honest about what's going on. And if that's you... I just want to be praying for you today. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to have you come forward. But I just want to pray for you. And so let's just bow our heads together. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're new around Grace Point and that freaks you out, just stare at your shoes. I'm just asking you to not be distracted. I'm not going to do anything weird. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, I, I feel the effects of The spiritual death around me, emotional death, financial death, relational death, maybe even physical death. I need some freedom. I've been carrying baggage in my past. And those signs got me thinking, maybe there's freedom for me. Maybe you're here today and you say, it's not my past that's killing me, it's my present. I've tried over and over and over again. I'm most discouraged about what I think is going to happen tomorrow because right now in the midst of it, I find myself doing the things that I don't want to do and the things that I want to do I don't do and I'm not sure what to do in this position. And, And I need power of Christ in my life. I need life. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Brady, I believe, I trust in Jesus. I'm living for him. But this world just isn't making sense. If it's tangible and real, I need hope right now of the next life. I need heaven to invade earth right now. I need a piece of that. Because this world does not feel like home. I want to welcome you into a long line of believers who have gone ahead of you that feel the same way. If you're here today and you'd like me to pray for you, because you need A reminder of that power, of that freedom, of that hope. I just want you to slip your hand up. I'm not going to call you by name. I'm not going to have you stand up and come out. But I just want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. You can put it down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you on my right, your your left. Thank you on your right. Just raise your hand. I just want to see you in my mind's eye. I want to be praying for you. Let's pray together. Jesus, I thank you. There's so many aspects of who you are that you don't leave to a mystery. I thank you that all of our hope is in you. The one who is the way, the truth, and the life. The one who is the door, the one who is the bread of life, the light of the world, the good shepherd, the true vine, the resurrection and the life. Jesus, we call on you now, and we need you to breathe life where there is death. So I pray for my brother and sister, Lord, I don't know, you know, maybe it's a physical challenge, a relational challenge, a financial challenge. Lord, it may be spiritually that they're feeling just death, Breathing all over them lord. I ask right now for freedom in you I ask right now lord that they would sense your power of your spirit Empowering them to be obedient and to walk in the light And they don't want to just be set free from past darkness just to linger in the dark anymore lord They need your power to continue to walk in the light lord. I ask that you'll pour it on them right now Give them the boldness to obey the confidence to know that even their obedience is not in their own strength, that you're given them the power to obey. Lord, I lift up my brother and sister right now. They just need hope. They just need to get honest with someone today and say, you know what, I feel like the Lord has let me down. I feel like he's late. I feel like his timing is off. I feel like the place he wants to go could be dangerous. I'm not so sure that people aren't going to get all upset. Lord, would you give them hope that there's more to the picture than just this world. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the victor. There's lots of people, Lord, in our culture right now that are talking about winning in first place and second place and, and who's a winner and who's not a winner and all the silliness. Lord, I thank you that you have won. You are the victor. You have won. You are winning now and you will win tomorrow. And we claim to the hope in your victory. With that, I say amen and amen. Church, I want to thank you for your good attention to the word of the Lord today. I want to encourage you that if you feel like you're doing life alone, the spiritual journey alone, I don't want you to have to do that. There's many great places for you to plug in here. We've got classes and groups and, and ministry teams you can be a part of at Grace Point. Talk to one of your pastoral staff. We'd love to help you get plugged in. If you don't know who's discipling you or who you're discipling and you'd like to, to find out more about a discipleship relationship, if that's something you're hungry for, talk to me after the service. I'd love to, to help you, and my wife would love to help you, and there's many others who are journeying in that. we love to help you. There is freedom. There is hope. There is power right now for you. Well, one of the blessings the Lord has given to us is he didn't call us to do this Christian thing alone. He gave us a church family. And the body of Christ is broad and it's all.